0: and welcome back everybody thank you for joining me on this episode of Steelers Friday Night Six Pack I'm your host Tony DeFio and I'm just gonna check out some comments while I'm preparing for my next topic and I don't see anything just uh ah here's Steeler Chick 46 this is uh self-gratifying that's why I'm putting it up I am a lefty just like me great memory handwriting okay see my handwriting is horrible I look like if a, if a psychologist read my handwriting, they would think I'm a serial killer. I'm not even joking. Well, maybe I hopefully I am joking. But um, yeah, I have horrible handwriting. I, I, I know how to to write my name in, in cursive. That's how I remember from school. Everything else I have to I have to print. That's how bad my handwriting is now. So here's one from Dwayne Williams regarding Dwayne Haskins. Besides the club incident, the same stuff was said about Haskins that was said about Tommy Maddox. Well, I don't remember much about Tommy Maddox other than he kind of busted out of the league. You know, he came on, He was he was really young when the uh, Broncos drafted him in, in the supplemental draft. I think it was in '91. I wanted to say '92, and he was behind John Elway. And you know, he looked like a a, a boy among men. I mean, he, he he just did not look like like he was ready for the NFL. Then he bounced around. He played in, in the XFL. He played in, in the Arena Football League, and he matured. He came here as a backup, um, and it was a perfect storm for him. Uh, Cordell, was, he struggled in the playoffs in the AFC Championship game the year before. He struggled early on in the 2002 season, and Tommy Gunn, you know, he, he was he was th- thrown into, in, in, into the lineup against the Browns in Game 3. He, he led them from behind, and they won in overtime, and he was basically the, excuse me, the starter the rest of the year. He really didn't do a whole lot after that. He went He went back to being a backup after 03. He struggled in 03. Uh, ben came along. He got hurt early in 04, and, and he was pretty much a backup after that. But, but he had a, 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 um, a brief shining moment in the NFL, and he, he almost led the Steelers to the AFC Championship game in 02. So, you know, hopefully – Haskins can have a a better career arc than that. We'll see. But um, on that note, I will I will move on to my next topic, and that's life in twenty twenty one with Ben Roethlisberger. For whatever reason, a lot of people think that next year is is already a lost cause. You know that you know it's, it's basically going to be a uh, a farewell tour for, uh, for number seven and they're going to be mediocre or worse and not make the playoffs. And, you know, they, they're in salary cap hell right now. And, and you're just not going to be able to compete. And I don't know why people, people might think that the media might think that the fans might think that, but I'm pretty sure the Steelers aren't thinking that because if they were thinking that they wouldn't bring Ben back for 2021 think about it. They owe him 19 million. They're in cap hell, right? They're in cap trouble right now. And if they would cut him or ask him to retire, they would save 19 million. Right? So uh, if they really, if they truly thought that they were a lost cause for 2021, they would just cut him, uh, try to improve other areas of their team and start their future now whether at, that be with Mason Rudolph or Josh Dobbs or Dwayne Haskins or a first round selection, a guy they pick in the first round, you know they, they would start their, their future right now, right? Um, but if they're bringing him back, if they're okay with him coming back for 2021, I guarantee you they're thinking about winning and competing. you know and a lot, a lot of the stuff that's happening with this team should not surprise you because we t- we've been talking about it since the last offseason. We knew Juju would be gone likely as a free agent, which is why uh, they drafted one of the reasons why they drafted Chase Claypool and and why they keep drafting receivers, you know, James Washington in 2018, Deontay Johnson in 2019. They have a pretty deep receiving room right now, receiver room. Yeah, they're pretty deep at the position. And the thought was that they'd be able to absorb Juju's loss and keep going. And, who knows? Maybe they'll draft another receiver in the second or third round in 2021, right? So we knew he was gonna go. We knew James Connor was likely gonna go after this year. We knew Bud Dupree was gone, right? Um we knew Mike Hilton would, would likely be be hard to, to sign. You know, so and 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 we we kind of suspected that they would they would move on from Villanueva, maybe they'd move on from Pouncey or he would retire. All these, these these things we knew this we, we knew all this heading into 2020. So now all of a sudden heading into 2021, it's all gloom and doom and I, I just don't get that because the defense is mostly going to be intact in 2021. Yes, you're losing Bud, but you know Alex Highsmith, he might make that leap, right? You're getting Devin Bush back. He was a big part of your defense. You lo- you lose him not even halfway through 2020, so you play what three qu- quarters of the year without him. He'll be back next year. He'll be a centerpiece, a cornerstone of your defense. Uh, you found out a lot about Robert Spillane, and what you found out about him is that that he could be a diamond in the rough. He can he could maybe be an upgrade over somebody like uh, a Vince Williams, who I who I believe will count four million against the cap next year. And I love Vince. Don't get me wrong. He's one of my all-time favorite Steelers, but maybe you move on from Vince and, and it's Robert Spillane and, and Devin Bush as your inside linebackers, right? Uh, I think Spillane, he's a, he's a better athlete than Vince Williams. He's a better athlete than Avery Williamson. He's certainly younger than those guys and he seems more capable of, 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 of and, and, and things like, uh, like covering tight ends. And, and, and of course he's a, he's a hell of a hitter. So, that might be an upgrade at that position. Right. Um, maybe you lose Mike Hilton, but maybe you can afford Cam Sutton and he could be your slot corner of, uh, for 2021. Uh, he acquitted himself quite well last year, uh, in, in his role. He's, he was a very valuable member of the secondary for 2020. He, he served a lot of roles and, and maybe he can be your slot corner in 2021. And we talked about the line, obviously everybody's excited about Kevin Dotson. Um, but maybe you do move on from Phil but Maybe Zach Banner. Maybe you resign him. He's a free agent. He's probably not going to be very expensive. You sign him to maybe a a, a one year prove it deal, or maybe you sign him to a two or three year deal. He could maybe he's your left tackle. Maybe he's your right tackle. Maybe Shooks can be your left tackle. Maybe you 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 can sign Matt Filer to a a a slight raise, and he could be your right tackle, right? And maybe David DeCastro his problem last year was, was that he was injured and uh, where it is that maybe he needs surgery for, and, and he, he needed surgery all of last year and he just decided not to get it because he wanted to, to to compete and, 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 you know, and maybe win a championship. Well, that didn't happen. So maybe he has a surgery now, whatever is ailing him. And he's back to his all pro self in, in 2021 who knows about pouncing but maybe you address that in the draft. Even if he sticks around, maybe you you find his his uh, his heir apparent, and and uh, you get him on on, a, on the roster, and who knows, maybe maybe by season's end he's the he's the new starting center. You just don't know. So uh, I don't think it's a lost cause for them for 2021. And and again, to repeat myself, if they thought that, I don't think they would bring him back. Meaning Ben Roethlisberger, they would they would cut him and they would move on because it, it makes no sense. to to pay a guy $19 million if you don't think you have any chance of competing. So this whole idea that it's a bridge year or a lost cause for 2021, I just don't buy it because I don't think they are thinking that, you know, they might, they have a lot of work to do. There's no question. They have a lot of work to do with the salary cap and, and, and to, um, to, to get, get in compliance. Right. I think last I checked they were 34 million over the cap, which is, so they have a lot of work to do. Or maybe it's twenty nine million after Vance McDonald retired. So either way, it's it's it, they have a lot of work to do to get in compliance. But they've managed to do it um, every other year. You know, uh, twenty thirteen was a bad off season. They they, they really uh, had a heck of a time. You know, they had to cut James Harrison. Uh, they uh, guys like James Ferrier and Heinz Ward retired a year earlier. Or, or yeah, no, they retired in 2011. So um, by 2013, uh, guys like James Harrison had to go. So that was a bad roster. But I don't think this roster w- will be nearly as 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 compromised as that one because again, the defense is still going to be really solid, uh, even without Bud Dupree. It's still going to be really really good and dominant. As far as the offense uh you might it might be addition by subtraction if if, if you part with guys like Villanueva and 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 uh even Matt Filer if you decide that you want to move on from him and you and you and you allow guys like Zach Banner and Shooks to be your tackles and Dotson to be your left guard you know so and of course as I mentioned the receivers are 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 really deep you know, even without Juju. So I think you're going to have a better chance to compete this year than you did in 2013. And don't forget 2013, they almost made the playoffs even though they started out two and six. So, um, I'm not, I'm not so, uh, you know, I'm not as afraid of 2021 as a lot of other people are. I know uh, I think they can still compete. I'm not going to say that they're going to win 12 games, but I think they can still compete and make the playoffs in 2021 and and again, I guarantee you that's their goal. So that's that topic. And I want to touch briefly on on the announcement on Friday that Vance McDonald decided to retire after eight years. Um, and he was a nice player for here, but he never really quite lived up to the uh, to the hype to the potential. Uh, he he looked apart when it came to finding that 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 Gronkowski like tight end that. Travis Kelsey, like tight end, that that big, fast, athletic guy. Um, and of course, he had his big moment in 2018 when he he stiff-armed uh, Chris Conte onto the uh, injured reserve list. Um, but he never quite fulfilled the the uh, expectations uh, during his four years here. There's no other way to say it. But he was a, he was a by all accounts a decent teammate. Uh, he was a nice guy. And guess what? He beat the odds uh, for most NFL players of his caliber. The guy caught 181 passes for just over 2,000 yards in eight years, and he made $28 million, according to to the uh, site spotrack.com. I I was researching it today. He made $28 million. I salute him for that because, I mean, the NFL is such a, a tough, chew them up and spit them out business, right? It's a dog eat dog world. And they're always looking to replace, uh, re- replace you if they don't think you you can meet their standard. And he was able to, to, to earn that kind of a, a living and, and set himself up for life. set, set him, him and his family up for life, uh, producing that, that much producing basically 22 receptions a year. So kudos to him. I wish him all the luck in the world. Um, he looks like he's not going to need it with $28 million in the bank. So best of luck to him and his family. And thank you for the four years, Vance. And before I open things up to, to questions, I just wanted to pay tribute to, to the, to the legendary Hank Aaron, who, who passed away on Friday at the age of eighty-six. The and a lot of people's eyes, the, the, the true home run King. He finished his career with 755 home runs. Um, Barry Bonds, of course, beat that mark in the early 2000s, but a lot of people think—and rightfully so—perhaps that, that that Bonds was was on the juice when he did it, and there's a lot of evidence to back that up, at least visually. But uh, you know, in, in addition to his, his uh, home run totals, I mean, Aaron had just an an unbelievable uh, stat line for his career, I and mean, he had 3,700 base hits. I mean, people talk about the, the home runs, and that's great, but thirty seven hundred hits—that's that's that's incredible. I and mean, when you think about it, Pete Rose finished with forty two hundred hits, and he's the all time leader. And Hank Aaron had thirty seven hundred. So, <coughs> excuse me. Um, uh, rest in peace to him. I mean, he—he he, he, you know, people talk about distractions and what athletes have to go through today with a lot of the uh, the social stuff. But here's a guy who faced actual death threats on a daily basis because he was trying to beat Babe Ruth's home run record and Babe Ruth retired in what, the 1940s. And he was, wasn't even around in the 1960s and seventies. He was passed on by then. And fans were so, they, they worshiped him so much that they were willing to, to wish harm on, on, on Hank Aaron, you know, and, and, and even in the early seventies, when you would think we were moving past that kind of racial stuff as a country, he had to endure that every day. And, and that had to be, that had to be tough for him, but, but he did it. And, 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 uh, he's, he'll always be one of the all time great baseball players. And they really don't make him like that anymore. I mean, uh, a guy who, who played that long and produced that, that much. I mean, it's, it's, a uh, it's, uh, it was one hell of a career. So, R.I.P. to uh, t- to Hank Aaron. So that's pretty much all I wanted to uh, touch on today, and and I will open things up to some questions before I bid you adieu. So what do we have here today? Here's one from Sheila's Pittsburgh regarding the the uh, Hank Henry Aaron news and and the home run record, and, and he says absolutely bonds don't count. Now I like Barry Bonds. I, I was a uh, big-time Barry Bonds fan when he was here. Of course, he in many ways represented the uh, last true golden era for Pittsburgh Pirates baseball. They had a nice run in the uh, mid twenties or the mid twenty tens, I should say, with uh, with uh, Andrew McCutcheon. But those Pirates teams in the early nineties were so strong, and Bonds was. Uh, I mean, he was a he was a Hall of Famer even without the juice. I don't I, where it is. He was just he was just. Uh, jealous of the um, Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa home run race of 1998, so he wanted those kind of accolades, and that's why he started, started uh, enhancing his performance, so to speak, but uh, yeah, I, I kind of agree, uh, you know, it's hard, to, it's hard to put Bonds in the same category as Henry Aaron when it was so obvious that, that, that the uh, former was was juicing. And yeah, and see some music and yeah, McGuire and all those guys, Sammy Sosa, they were all on the juice. So and again, that's why Bonds did what he did, because he was he wanted he, he thought, well, if they can do it and, and and be celebrated, so can I. Let's see here. What else do we have here? Bill Davis. Well, I don't think this is true. He says big Ben will remain OC for Pitt. I, I don't, I mean, you think about that. Um, Ben has always been criticized for his dedication in, in, in the film room. Right. I mean, he's gotten better by all accounts late in his career, but he doesn't not strike me as somebody who's a football junkie. Who's gonna want to want to live that kind of life. I mean, he's got a, a, a wife and three young kids and the life that, a a coach has to lead the hours they have to put in. I don't think he's going to want to live that kind of life. He's made so much money. I mean, talk about what, what uh, Vance McDonald has earned in his career. Ben has earned like five times that. He does not need to, to, to become an OC. I don't, I don't see that happening at all. I mean, somebody like, like a Byron Leftwich or, 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 you know, uh, a Bruce Gradkowski, one of those kind of guys that, that spent their career mentoring other guys. Cause they really weren't, you know, they didn't have the talent to, to be superstars. So they took on roles as mentors, especially later in their careers. I can see those guys being, you know, assistant coaches and coordinators. And, and if you ever listen to Bruce, Bruce Gradkowski and, and the work he does for pro football focus, I mean, he does it. He knows this stuff. I can certainly see him getting into coaching someday, but somebody like Ben or, or, Brady or Peyton Manning or Philip Rivers or one of those kind of quarterbacks. No, <laughs> he, how often do you see that, right? I mean, Dan Marino, Joe Montana, uh, throughout, you know, Johnny Unitas, those kind of guys. I mean, Bart Starr was a, a head coach of the Packers for ten years, and I still can't believe it that he that he after the kind of career he had that he would get into coaching. Um, but r- rarely do superstars become head coaches or even assistant coaches here's one from Steeler chick 46 Dobbs is a future coach I can see that I mean obviously he's he's a rocket he's a literal rocket scientist I mean if he doesn't make it in, as, as a as a starter I could see him leaving football together and and doing something else with his life because that's how smart and talented he is here's one from Ezra Nehemiah Antonio Brown was skipping the Canton. He's in the Hall. Will delay it like to, but AB is a lock to be a Hall of Famer. I absolutely agree. I mean, you can say what you want about his off the field antics and his locker room antics, and they're certainly very telling and they're certainly very aggravating if you're a, a teammate and a, and, 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 and a fan and a coach. But Antonio Brown had the greatest run in the history of the NFL for a receiver for those six years from 2013 through 2018. You know, he was so dominant, so clutch. Um, it, it's hard to uh, keep him out of the Hall of Fame. You know, he might finish his career with less than a thousand catches. I don't even know what he has now. But uh, I guess he's approaching 900. Or maybe he's, he's already eclipsed that. But, uh, you know, he, he passes the eye test as far as uh, some some players need the stats. Some just pass the eye test. And much like Troy Polamalu, much like, you know, so many other guys, Gale Sayers, you <laughs> know, those kind of players, uh, you know, a hall of famer when you see one and, and Antonio Brown is a hall of fame player. Here's a, here's a fallout from Bill Davis. I guess I misunderstood what he said. He said, bless you, Tony, you misunderstand me. It's not the first time I've misunderstood somebody he's calling plays on the field, which makes him OC, no matter who is on the sidelines. Well, that might be a good point. That may, it's maybe one of the reasons why Randy Fickner left. And, and to me, that's why it's going to be interesting to see what happens with this, uh, with the OC in, in 2021. And that's why I, I was wondering if they would bring in a guy with a, 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 a better track record than Matt Canada, more experienced, somebody like a Hugh Jackson or, or somebody who's been around, who's older, who Ben will, will have to listen, will, will respect Matt Canada. I don't know. Will he respect that guy? Uh, you know, people say it doesn't matter. Well, when, when you're starting quarterback is the most important member of your franchise, which Ben is, as long as he's here, he's going to be the most important and influential member of the franchise. Then it does matter. So it's going to be an interesting thing to see how they make, how they make it work between uh, the two of them. Here's one from, gs tony what do you think about voices pelp i'm assuming he means pep hamilton i don't know much about him to be honest with you i didn't even know who he was until i think thursday but you know he helped develop justin herbert last year i think so although i think he's such a talented quarterback anybody could have done that but but i mean he's a young coach i think he's young and he seems to be on the rise so um if they can if they can Excuse me, if they can uh get a guy like that in their in their on, on their staff, uh more power to him. And here's a five dollar super chat from Thanks Mean Joe. Sure up lines and Steelers become 2021 contenders. How can Steelers accomplish fixing this glaring need? Well, I think they already have some guys in house. Uh like I said, there's uh Kevin Dotson. They like Zach Banner a lot, they like Shooks a lot. Um Matt Father struggled at at, at at guard, it would appear, but you know he, he had a heck of a run as a right tackle. So there's definitely talent there that that they can they can develop, even if they lose guys like 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 a Villanueva. Uh, so or and a Pouncy. So there's I think there's already talent in house, but then you you obviously build on that in the draft. And and not every draft pick is gonna work out, but if you if you a couple of guys say in the first few rounds, maybe uh first third round, something like that. And maybe one of those guys can develop, or maybe both of them can, can develop into something. Um, you never know. I think I missed a super chat earlier and, and, and it was for $2. And I think it was from just me. And I'm sorry about that. I'm trying to find it, but I've already gone back to the very end and I can't find it. But thank you for, uh, for that super chat of $2. And I'm sure it was a, Fantastic comment or question. Like I said, I, I, I'm i a lefty, and we might have great memories, but sometimes we're a little fluky or a little quirky, I should say, and and I got off on a tangent, and I missed your super chat, so thank you for, for that $2. Here's one from Chad Landsman about Pep Hamilton. Pep developed Luck and Herbert. Well, there you go. There you go. That's a heck of a track record. I mean, Andrew Luck, obviously, his career was – it didn't, he didn't quite live up to the un, number one overall draft pick status, but he had a nice career before he re- retired, and Herbert looks like he's on on the way to, to being something special. So, hey, um, we'll see what happens there. Here's one from Mark Tobin. Should the Steelers try to acquire some draft picks with the potential of losing guys to free agency? Well, when you say acquire draft picks, I mean, you would have to – you would almost have to, uh, trade a premium pick to get a couple of, um, uh, you, you don't, you don't have to trade quality for quantity. And I think if you, what do you have? Like, uh, I guess they have seven picks this year. I'm not sure how many they have. If you, if you can bring a few quality guys in, you know, you don't have to hit on every draft pick, but if you bring two or three quality guys in, then you can improve your team pretty quickly. We saw that last year. We saw the difference that at, at Chase Claypool made and, and Kevin Dotson, and, uh, and 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 there's a lot of hope for Alex Highsmith. He had his moments in 2020, filling in for for Bud Dupree even before Dupree got hurt. So, you know, you don't need to necessarily uh, do it with quantity. It's it's about hitting on the picks that you do have. I mean, look at look at a lot of these recent draft t- classes. TJ Watt, the class of 2017 him and, 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 and Juju and James Conner for a while, there was a major contributor. So, you know, you don't necessarily have to have to have a plethora of picks to improve your team and improve certain areas. You just have to hit on the picks that you do have. All right, here's from, here's a good reporting from Ezra. He he, he, he caught the uh, $2 super chat that I missed. Just me want to know what you think they will do for an OC. Well, I think, you know, I'm going to go with the chalk and say Matt Canada. I'm not sure how I feel, feel about Canada because I'm a pit fan and he was here for a year, 2016, and it was a heck of an offense. Um, but apparently where it is from a couple of, from, from a friend of mine, Terry, who's a pit alum, I guess he, he has some inside uh, knowledge uh, the head coach, uh, Pat Narduzzi got him some more money as the OC, but he left anyway for LSU, which I, I it's hard to blame him. I mean, LSU is a big opportunity, but he kind of flamed out in LSU, <clears throat> you know, he didn't do a whole lot at, at Maryland really. I mean, he was a head coach, interim head coach. Uh, but you know, his track record isn't that, that impressive. I mean, people were going nuts because they supposedly interviewed Hugh Jackson on Thursday, but Hugh Jackson has a decent track record as an OC and uh, he's, he's coached other positions uh, like quarterback and running back, I think receiver. So Um, I think it'll be Canada. I'm not sure. I'm not exactly excited about it because I really haven't seen a whole lot from him to be excited about other than that one year at Pitt. But if you're asking me who I think it's going to be, it's going to be, it's probably going to be Canada. (coughs) Here's one from Cecil Music. Connor's a good kid, but not dependable, injury-prone. It's hard to argue with that. I mean, you know, he looked great earlier in the year. I mean, I was really hard on him in the offseason. And after week one, when he had an ankle injury against the Giants, but he really rebounded after that and had a good run. Um, He had a few hundred-yard games there, but then he kind of tailed off. The whole running game did. You know, you can blame the line, but he has had his – history with injuries. And of course, maybe it's not, maybe it's fitting that all the physical problems he's had over the years, he actually, I think he tested positive for COVID or he was on the, on the, on the, uh, the, in the protocol, but either way, I mean, he was affected by COVID. So he's, he's just had every kind of physical ailment you can, you can imagine as a pro that's not even counting. You know, I'm not even talking about the cancer issue. I'm just talking about football related injuries. Here's one from Ezra again. People have been telling me Deontay will be fine. The kid is not blowing defensive away. Trade him now. <laughs> no, I, I think you have to, I, I think Deontay is a future superstar. You know, I just think he's, you know, he's going through some growing pains right now. I, I like his potential. You know, I think if, if he can hold on to the football, which, you know, it's a huge thing for a wide receiver in the NFL, you have to be able to hold on to the football. Uh, you have to be able to catch the ball. I think he's going to be a star. I mean, I think we have to give him a chance. He's got two more years to go on his rookie deal. Um, he's showed great promise other than the drops over his first two years. I think he's a, he's a receiver you can build your offense around. So I like I liked Deontay Johnson. All right, here. Here's one from... Billy Steeler fan 43, Tony, what's going on with tight end Zach Gentry? I don't know. Uh, evidently, he's not doing a whole lot to impress the coaches or or they would have. I mean, you know, there, there might be a glass ceiling in a lot of professions, but not in the NFL. I mean, I think if you can, it, it, the cream usually rises to the top. And, you know, if they thought he had potential, they would not be uh, leaving him on deactivated list or whatever, you know, he would, he would be getting more playing time. So I just think he's not, he's not impressing the coaches in practice. So they're not, they don't have any faith in him. That's what I think. I mean, remember he's a former fifth round pick. So the chances of him really succeeding are we're always going to be slim. So that's my, you know, I uh, who, who knows, right? Uh, I, I I haven't heard a whole lot of good things from him. You know, he's a converted quarterback. So, I mean it, it, he's got a couple of uh, couple of hurdles to climb. That plus being a fifth round pick. It's not easy making it in the NFL, especially when you when you come into the league uh, as a mid round pick. Ryan O'Toole asks, Am I predicting any other retirements? I was shocked by McDonald. Um uh, Pouncey wouldn't shock me if he retired. It wouldn't shock me if he excuse me, if he'll were retired. I, I actually think he, he's such a, uh, a, a thoughtful guy and, and he, he seems to have issues that he really cares about. I wouldn't surprise, wouldn't be surprised if he got into public service when he, uh, when he does hang up his, his, uh, cleats for good. Uh, other than that, um, I'm, I'm still not sold that Ben's coming back. Uh, I know, I know the, the, it, it's, um, where it is that he is and that seems to be the popular opinion but it wouldn't shock me if 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 he decides to retire i mean he has until march really before the uh, the new calendar year kicks in for the nfl um but uh basically wave and Pounce are the only two maybe a joe hayden but i doubt that i think joe hayden still has some years some good years left and, and, and i think he i think he wants to go on a championship run i mean he's he came here in 2017. He thought he died and went to heaven after those years in Cleveland, and now he's been, been to two playoff games in Pittsburgh, and he hasn't been able to win any games. So, I think he wants to he wants to take a legitimate run at a Super Bowl before he finally hangs them up. But other than than a few of those guys, I, I don't really. I would say your 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 top candidates are Pouncy and Villanueva. So. And I'm looking at the clock, and wow, I really rambled on tonight. Um, I think I'm going to call it a night. It was a fun show. I, I, I was tired when I started because you know I, I'm always sleeping now with my new job. It just it's just killing me physically. But this this uh, gave me some pep, so I thank you all for that. And uh, I'll talk to you on uh, on Monday on the uh, whatever they call whatever we're calling that show now the the Hangover for Now show with Brian Anthony Davis. So you guys. Have a great weekend and uh, enjoy the the, uh, conference title games. And uh, as much as you can say it now, go Steelers. Have a great night.